Welcome to another extra episode of Arena Talks in the Star Trek series. Today we will talk about Miles O'Brien and how he has been an underrated as a Star Trek character. And I do that with Ronnie Beaton. Well guys, I'd like to introduce you to Ronnie. Hello Ronnie. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, hello podcast listeners. Hello. Welcome, I think you enjoy uh, joining me for this episode. You're very welcome. Not a problem at all. I'm happy to help. Great. Well, we're going to talk about Miles O'Brien. Miles, of course, I do think Miles O'Brien is an underrated character in Star Trek. Yes, very much so, I would say. Um, One of the, the, the odd things that strikes me about Starfleet and Star Trek is it's very officer heavy, if you see what I mean. In the the present day United States Navy, the, 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 the ratio of enlisted men and non-commissioned officers to officers is something like four or five enlisted men to every officer. Whereas in Star Trek, there's only something like 20-something named characters who are enlisted men, including Chief O'Brien. Going right way back to the, the very first like, with the pilot episode, we had Chief Petty Officer Garrison on the USS Enterprise. Uh, going to next generation, we had Worf's adopted father, Sergio Rachenko. He mentioned being a Chief Petty Officer. And a, a little wrinkle I only found out about earlier is Janice Rand was mentioned, mentioned in the, the script for starting for as a Chief Petty Officer. Oh. Interest because she, because she eventually became commander and executive officer on the Excelsior. And that's that's very interesting because the, the well show, showing off my sort of um my my my, my knowledge of trivia here. So I've had a, a lot of sort of I, I've read a lot about military history. I sort of keep an eye on what's happening with the USA. The the technical term for someone who has come up through the ranks and being commissioned as an officer is a Mustang. I don't know why, it just is. So, Chief O'Brien is interesting, because he's one of the few named NCOs we have. Um, he's very much a family man. You know, we've seen his progression as a character. He was sort of an unnamed character on the the battle bridge of the Enterprise in Encounter at Farpoint. Uh, then he became a transporter chief. Oddly, he was a lieutenant then, apparently. They hadn't quite fleshed out the character and decided who, who he was going to be. Then he, had to, he sort of demoted him, apparently, to chief petty officer. Then he became chief of operations in DS9. As over the course of the, the series, we saw him get married, leave the Enterprise, have children, he's got his new areas of responsibilities, making new friends, you know. So, he, 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 he comes very fleshed out. More so, as he, he's an ordinary guy, blue collar, as, as the Americans would say. You know, just an ordinary working guy. 
Yeah, I think one of the that is one of the things that people like also about the character. It's just yeah. an ordinary yeah. guy. And I remember he was saying in an interview that he didn't want to have those tight uniforms because he was a working yeah. man. And yeah. I love that about him. And yeah, he got some quite some interesting relationships for example with uh of course his wife and his child molly and but also like um um, oh what's his name (laughs) i forgot his name Uh, yeah that's the one yes that's another interesting thing i mean people out with the, the, the uk might not be familiar with each other the, it, it took me a little while to figure out what the sort of the friendship between Bashir and O'Brien reminded me of. And there's there's a comic, a British comic from the 1950s called it The Eagle. And the the star of the co- the, the, the the comic was this guy called Dan Dare, Pilots of the Future. And this this other vision made in the 1950s, set in the sort of distant future then of, of the 1990s, and we had Colonel Dan Dare of the Interplanet Space Patrol, the chief test pilot, this young idealistic officer in the search of adventure, and he's partnered with this older, worldy-wise NCO sort of spaceman class one Albert Digby. I think, yeah, that's, that's Bashir and O'Brien. So you, you have the young officer and the older NCO, who just wants nothing more to, than to do his job and go home at the end of the day to his wife and children. He's just an ordinary guy. Oh, oh there's, of course, a period when uh, Kiko Bryan went to a knowledge job and she would love DS9. And that was the period of time that he became closer to Bashir. And that yeah, started uh-huh. when... That's the point also that they started on going on holodecks with the... Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the, 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 the strange, strange obsession with refighting old war and old military campaigns, uh, the, the Battle of Thermopylae, the Alamo, and the, the Battle of Britain, to name just three. So, so, so it seems a bit strange, you know, but well, who, who knows? Pe- people have strange hobbies, you know. Yeah, and who, it, who 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 are we to judge? We are we are Star Trek fans. We are science fiction fans. Who are we to judge about people with strange hobbies? I mean, well, I think it was fa- in that way. It was very nice because it still was a little bit of military related. And, yes, uh-huh. uh, even the, though we 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 keep Star Trek keeps telling us Starfleet is not military. It's more. I don't know, the, 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 the U.S. Coast Guard combined with, um, I don't know, an, an oceanographic organization, sort of primarily for exploration, but they do have weapons primarily for defense. But, yeah, it's, it's just, again, it, it's odd. I mean, I, I don't think Gene Roddenberry really intended for Star Trek to, 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 to last this long we are coming up for. What sixty years almost in a, in a few years' time, sixtieth anniversary, and it's gone on and on and on. And for something that was made up as they went along, it, it has to get remarkably well. 
one or two minor inconsistencies, but you sort of, you know, ignore them and sort of try and sort of come up with your own solutions. You know, there's a again going going back to the Second World War. Um, you, you may not have heard of that there were five brothers, the Sullivan brothers, who all enlisted at the same time, joined the U.S. Navy. Uh, there was a major propaganda coup. They were all serving on the same ship, and this ship was sunk, and they they, they all died. So this this is what the film Saving Private Ryan was was loosely based on. Mm. So ever since then, sort of the, the navies and the militaries they've been very cautious about siblings serving in the same command. So then we had, um, if we go for the tangent talking briefly about Voyager, we had the Delaney sisters. I thought, yeah, that's, that's a bit odd. You know, can, Voyager gets lost in the the they got the, the Delta Quadrant, which is, oh, yes, there's some sort of Federation spokesperson sort of contacts the So, yeah, so by the way, Voyager's uh, been lost with all hands. They've been pink on the Gamma Quadrant, the, the Delta Quadrant, rather. Yeah, we'll, we'll surely be back in seven years. I'm sure your daughters will be fine. They'll be back in seven, six or seven years or so. It was just one of those odd, odd things. But, so as I say, Starfleet is in the military, we are, we are told. Yeah, indeed. Um, so we see... A very young and different Miles O'Brien in TNG, but he grows well older in um, Deep Space Nine. What do you think about how the writers have written him in those two series? Well, this this, this is the thing I I, I, was saying, I encountered at far point is this, this unnamed character on the battle bridge. And so the, the 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 writers and the the, the, the behind the scenes they just must have just liked the look of Colin Meaney. But okay, he's, he's a kind of he has a, a, a kind of he's not traditionally handsome, shall we say? His, his, his face looks lived in. He's he's seen a lot. He's older than the rest of the the, the bridge crew, with the exception of the captain. And. He's he's not a, an academy graduate. He's he's come up through the ranks. And so he's enlisted. So it's difficult because they, they, because they, they, they made it up as they went along. There are inconsistencies. He started off as a, a, an ensign on the bridge, I think, and then he was a lieutenant. And transported him. They said, "Oh, we're going to need a, a junior or an NCO," so they made him a, a chief petty officer. But again, going off on that aspect, that that's one of the reasons I like the cast. But he is an enlisted man. Um, my late father was a chief petty officer in the British uh, Merchant Navy during the Second World War, so I've always had a little bit of a, a soft spot for the the little guy, you know. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, so. What do you think about the relationship between Kiko and Miles? Well, they're, they're obviously very much in love with each other. They're saying love is blind, you know, they, they love each other. They have two children together. So, yeah, as I say, Miles just wants to get on with his work. 
go home at the end of the day, see his wife and children, have a meal, put the kids to bed, maybe read the story and not, and not get involved in any crazy schemes by any with, with that that strange Doctor Bashir, you know. Is there anything what you really like about him? Well, as I say, he just he's just he's just an ordinary guy. He could be, he could be he he could be he could be a father he could be an uncle, you know he's the, the the older older as the older guy he's been around the block once or twice, um, again turned into the the, the real world, um, in the US Navy there's a tradition of the older NCOs sort of taking of of a, a, a junior officer under the wing to sort of you know, kind of give him a bit of seasoning, as they call it, just to kind of help him out and help him find himself, you know? So, part, part, I think partly that's what he's done with Julian. And also, what else has done with Nog? I mean, for, first Ferengi and Starfleet, it's, <laughs> the, 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 I don't recall the, the exact episode, but when Nog first gets his Starfleet Academy uniform tells him he's all one happy little Ferengi and O'Brien just kind of casually mentions to someone when he graduates I'll have to call him Sir. So, <laughs> yeah, he, just sort of those things, you know, which, 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 which again also confirms that O'Brien is an NCO, he's a non-commissioned officer. They call him the Chief of Operations but that's, that's his title, that's, that's what he his position, your 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 rank and your position can be two different things. Um, a smaller ship, a small small ship, for for example, a a a, 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 a coast guard cutter, could be commanded by a lieutenant, but he would still be called the captain because he's captain of the ship. He's captain of a vessel underway. But, yeah, see. I, 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 don't know, I don't know what else I can tell you. Um, it, it, it seemed that once a, once a season on the the Space Nine, there would be the, the let's torture O'Brien, so they'll do something horrible to him. With the, 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 I don't know the, the, the episode where he sort of has to live out twenty well a life sentence, jail sentence in his mind, and he's he's, he's you know he's, he's suffering post-traumatic stress disorder after afterwards, even though it wasn't real. It was real to him in his mind. You know? Yeah. You know, the, 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 the um, Times Orphan, was it, where, where little Molly falls through your, your temporal anomaly sort of thing and comes back as a, a feral teenager. Yeah. And then Miles and the kids will have to deal with that. There's a real, where's, where's there's a little girl going to, you know, they have to go with that. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why they said they had it in for, for Brian. It was maybe, maybe just because he was an easy target. He was, oh, you can't do anything with the officer to see your bridge crew, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who, who, who decides what in the writer's room is a mystery to me. You know? Sometimes on oh okay who who decided to do that who decided to do that whose idea is that the rating of the net was, was very kind of very collaborative from what I understand on behalf 
know, maybe two or three credited writers, but they'll have the rest of the what they call the writers' rooms sort of pitching ideas. Whether they, whether whether those ideas make the the screen or not is another matter. But who knows? Do you I think used to the... think that. No, after you, ladies first. <laughs> Do you think that the writers had could uh, write better things or? different things for Miles O'Brien or do you think they did a good job with him transferring over to DS9 and go further with his story there? Hmm. Well, the, the, the transfer to DS9 helped because that that made O'Brien one of the series regulars rather hmm. than a recurring guest star that he was on Next generation. Um, I, I, I don't recall the the. I think it was a Star Trek game mentioned many many years ago in Glasgow, and one of the guests that, uh, that you may have heard of Richard Arnold. He was Gene Roddenberry's assistant in the latter years, and after Gene's death, he sort of you well know, a, a long and terrible story. Found himself fired from Paramount, basically. So he made a living as a research consultant, and he would go to various conventions around the world, and something is, as he said, I've kind of lost, I forgot what I was going to say there. Um, hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, um, if, you talk, if, if, you're, if an actor's name is in the opening credits of a show, then that means they, they are the principal cast, and they will get paid for the episode, whether they are in it or not. So he, he, he mentioned, Richard Arnold mentioned uh, specifically, he mentioned uh, Sirot Lofton, Jake Sisko, who was in his early teens at the time, just a young actor. And he had his name in the opening titles, and that means, OK, that's, that's good for his career. He's, he's got a, a, a credit and a, a, a major network show. Well, that's that's helpful, you know. So he's, he's, he's part of the 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 main cast. Yeah. If you look back to the Miles O'Brien in TNG and the Miles O'Brien in Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. um, do you think there is a big difference between them and how the writers have written him? Well, y yes, because that, as, as I say, in TNG, he was O'Brien well, and Colomini was, as I say, a, a, a recurring guest star. So you, you had, what, seven or eight principal cast members, Patrick Stewart, John Spates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then you had the guest stars. So the years would you had to have a little bit of business for each of the principal cast, then the guest stars would sort of like come later. But again, with transfers to these which then he is now a principal cast member. He has more to do as an actor rather than just standing around at the transporter console all day and, you know, hoping that someone will want to beam down to a planet. You know? So he's now, he's now chief of operations. He is in effect the chief engineer. Of these these space nine, he he has to, to sort of hold this 
ramshackle space station that's falling apart. He's, he has to he has to stop that from flying apart at the seams, and he's he needs help. He needs all the help he can get. You know, he's well, not to put the fight, but he, he he's a miracle worker. Because for for True. the seven years of BS, he has managed to hold this station together. Which you know, it's a Kardashian station. It's not it's not a Starfleet facility that he was trained on. So he's he's learning as he goes. Okay, what what what? How does the, how does this work? How does that work? You know, and it, it, early on they have a lot of trouble. They they, they trigger the the the, the booby traps. And LADS name, so they have to they have to deal with that. It's unfamiliar technology to him. I would imagine that um, most of the spacefaring civilizations in the Star Trek universe, their their the the way they operate their ships and the station would be fairly similar, but there would be differences. Quite even different brands of car are different. I remember many years ago when I was, I wasn't even a teenager, I was like 11 or 12 or so, my father had a, a car where the the handbrake was a sort of this large sort of handle in the middle of the dashboard rather than the sort of lever at the, the driver's side. The where the handbrake would be on a, a usual car was for the controls for the, the hydraulic suspension. So had to, my dad had to sort of get to grips with that, and then we've got a new car after that. For a couple of months, he was still sort of trying to find a handbrake in the middle of the dashboard as in the previous car. But, you know, computers, you know, you're kind of different operating systems. Um, Linux works different from Chrome was definitely from everything. Everything was different. Android is different from from iOS. Things are different. Everything's different. You know. Yeah. What I do also love about O'Brien is that he's just get on with it instead of having yes. those yes. techno uh, bubbles it's, it's, or whatever. Exactly, yes. He's just doing it, and yeah. uh, uh-huh. I remember when he took on Rom as a technician. Mm. I was yes. so happy because we only know Ferengis as like this money alien that only wants to have money or whatever. And Nog and Rom bringing a beautiful change in that and yeah. Yeah. Uh, show, 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 showing growth in the characters and showing that not every Ferengi is obsessed with making a profit. No, they, are, they are people. Just like us, they may have big ears and, and strange teeth, but they are people. They are just people. Yeah, and I think Miles O'Brien is that kind of character that they showed. Like, okay, uh, I don't want to say everybody's friend, but I mean, like, um, he is open to give people chances and yes. teach them because yes. I think he's he would be a great teacher and we also see yes. in the end of Deep Space Nine is that he's going to get a teacher position on Starfleet Academy yes. what was really yes. nice to see um, yeah I think 
But also, like you said, he's going on with the work and he's learning while he's doing it. And um, I think his knowledge, I think he is one of the knowledgeable people around Starfleet that really knows how to do things and get things going. And exactly with Deep Space Nine, that is just what he really did. It was all him that kept the station going. Yes, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Which, uh, if if I could say, um, if there would be maybe in one of the new uh, Star Trek series or a Star Trek series that is still going to be written, do you think there is a role for him to come back to, for example, uh, a uh, starship? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's rumors of a Starfleet Academy series, and there have been rumors of a Starfleet Academy series for many years. Um, that that was what one of the original pitches for uh, Star Trek: The Animated Series way back in the seventies. That the command crew of the Enterprise would have been mentoring uh, a group of young cadets. But yeah, it's. But uh, it's difficult to put in the words, but I feel an Academy series would be kind of... It would be difficult to get right because if you kind of... You you don't want it to be, I don't know, like a a kind of a high school series that just happens to take place at Starfleet Academy. You have to sort of... I had the idea that okay, Starfleet Academy is generally accepted to be a four-year course. So I had the idea that you maybe follow one class throughout the four years. Maybe mm-hmm. some of them will drop out. Uh, maybe some of them will resign. Others will continue. They'll have their what's called a cadet cruise, which yeah. they sort of go out on a working starship and they get mentored by the... the through, uh, you know, they, they grow as guys, and eventually, after the end of the four years, whoever's left, you know, your popular guys, they, they receive their commission as an ensign. So, possibly, you could work Miles O'Brien into that. He's now what is it, what was it, is it professor of engineering, or whatever they gave him the title. Of. So, he could maybe do that. You could maybe speculate, okay. Depending on on where in the timeline this could be, maybe one or other or both of his children are cadets and stuff. Because this is the thing: what what happened to Molly O'Brien? What happened to her little brother Kiriyoshi after they moved back to us? Would 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 the children follow their father in the Starfleet, or would they sort of go the civilian route like their mother, being botanist or whatever? You know, because you, <laughs> you would have an interesting comedy potential for Molly to graduate as an ensign and her father having to call her sir. You know, as, <laughs> as, 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 as with Nog, yeah. But I don't know, I mean, there's that many rumours flying out. There's, there's still supposed to be a, a Section 31 series. They, they work on multiple projects and 
not all of them come to fruition. Um, like things get cancelled all the time before they see the light of day. Uh, for, for example, uh, we go for the, talking about uh, another franchise, the Batgirl film, which was filmed last year. That's yeah. that's now been shelved. Which is a, a bit of a pity. It was shot in Glasgow. I saw some of the the. Uh, I was kind of in, in the area. I didn't see actually any see the filming. I saw this sort of some of the the shops that were kind of dressed to be sort of the shops in Gotham City. I saw a couple of the the police cars. But a, a friend of mine in the Glasgow cosplay community, his his little daughter, she kind of visited the set. And sort of little back girl costumes. She had a photograph in a paper, and she was interviewed by the sort of news media and the the directors. The two directors they invited her onto the set, and she met she met the the star Leslie Jason. And got there. So and this this child's heartbroken. The film has now been cancelled. So I don't know. I mean, what, what would the future of Star Trek be? I mean, we we've gone to her from I think. We had what? We had DS9 and Voyager running pretty much simultaneously. And Voyager running pretty much simultaneously. And then we had Star Trek Enterprise and a few, a few follow years. And now we have, we've got Star Trek Discovery. We have Strange New Worlds. We have Lower Decks. We have Prodigy. Uh, Star Trek Picard, which is about 10 minutes third and final season, I believe. So that's five, five different Star Trek series running more or less at the same time. So who, who knows what the future will bring? Hmm. Would you like to see him back? Have... And uh, do you think uh, they could have written his own series? Um... I don't know. Yes, I would like to see O'Brien back. I'm a big fan of Colin Meany's work. I would love to meet the man. I don't think he does conventions. Though. I know there's a few of the cast aren't really kind of that sort of way inclined. But uh, O'Brien series, I don't know. Well, it would be maybe... What, what, what would he do, though? Just, I don't know, sort of... Maybe, I don't, maybe, well, maybe he could sort of take over the the, 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 the role that um, Boothby had, the sort of the, the wise old man, sort of, the, the cadets kind of come to him for advice, sort of thing, you know. I think you could put him in the, the Star Trek Academy series. Yeah, I think so too, yeah. He would do good because, of course, the ending we know that he's going to be a teacher on Star Trek Academy, so mm. uh, yeah. why not, like, uh, being an advisor as well? Uh, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. The, the future is wide open. Yeah. I must say, he really got a lot of adventures in his whole career mm. with... As you see with with the Dominion War, yeah, and... Dominion, even prior to his service in the Enterprise, a lot of a lot of things happened to him. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's odd that there hasn't been a, a, a an O'Brien novel or a comic. Hmm. 
Mm. You know, they, pa- perhaps, perhaps the writers don't feel it's interesting enough. I bet so. That's, that's a mistake. I mean, if if Grudge the Cat from Discovery can get their own comic, why why not Chief O'Brien? Yeah. So this is a a call for all the fan fiction writers out there. We like to see a story about our novel about yes. Miles yes. O'Brien. Mm. Mm. Yes. We love to. I, I, I used to write fan fiction many years ago. I kind of, I say, real life gets in the way, but just a little <laughs> while ago, the sort of the little brain cell started firing away and sort of ideas sort of thinking for, yeah, I mean, hmm. Maybe you I mean, can yeah, work that idea out of I, 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 him being on Starfleet Academy. The, 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 the bones of the idea I had was Scotty visiting Deep Space Nine. Because after the end of Relic, Scotty just disappears and the shuttle craft loaned him to who knows yeah. where. So who, who's to say he didn't visit Deep Space Nine at one point? So it's because yeah. I just have this sort of mental image of it. You guess I'm a little bit O'Brien, they're both engineers. And Miles sort of says, well, well why, why, why did you come back with me and meet, meet my wife and my kids and you can have dinner with us? So, that would be a nice conversation. Yeah, so this would be things thing, Scotty comes in, and of course, Molly would be utterly enchanted with this, this, this strange man. You'd probably think he was Santa Claus or something. <laughs> but, but then sort of, have a nice meal with the cake and the kids, and it's time to put Molly to bed because she's at school in the morning or whatever. And she persuades Scotty to tell her a bedtime story. And I was like, okay, well, what, what, what kind of story would he tell her? He tells, he tells her a true story. He says, do you know what a triple is? So he tells her the, the story of Trouble with Tribbles, suitably edited for younger years. Sort of things. Oh, there's a little bit of business there, and he meets a war, really. Another thing, I've had this idea of Scotty and Quarks getting more and more drunk, and he ends up arm wrestling with Morn. <laughs> <laughs> but I had this little, the, the, the very, very end of the story. Be Scotty's Scotty's just about to leave yes, in any shuttle craft and he's saying farewell to the, the crew and Captain Sisko shakes his hands and says it's been a pleasure meeting you uh, hopefully we'll see you again at some point in the future to which Scotty replies enigmatically maybe or maybe <laughs> in the past sort of alluding to trials and tribulations which at the point this story takes place hasn't happened yet, so a little Easter egg, as they say. So I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm very much an ideas man, you know. Hmm. I do think when um, Scotty and Miles O'Brien will meet and they are talking about engineering stuff, I yeah. think they are really. It's going to be a conversation really between two old men who has the experiences yes. of it. Yes, yes, exactly, yes, because uh, I, I couldn't tell you offhand how old Colomini is. He's, he is a gentleman of mature years. He's not, not um, as I say, he's not, O'Brien isn't sort of, well, he's not an academy graduate, but he's not, he's not 
fresh off the fresh out of the training scheme or, or whatever it is for enlisted men. Um, there's, there's, there's endless possibilities in the Star Trek universe. Maybe there'll be uh, a series focusing on a colony and there's a little, a little kind of starship that kind of only business them once or twice a month to see how they're doing. Or, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? That's, 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 that's for other people to decide. Who knows? What I always found what a little bit strange was when uh, we started in TNG and he had actually no name nor no rank. Uh, it wasn't That's really... True, yes. It was re not really a good, uh, clear function what he was doing on. And, mm -hmm. and that reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Ohura in TOS. Mm -hmm. yes. When she started, she uh, had also different kind of uh, color of uniforms on and... Uh, uh, yes. Thank God they did that uh, in Strange New Worlds that they explained yeah. that story mm -hmm. a little bit more. And well, that was exactly with Khomeini uh, mainly as well, and as Miles O'Brien. Well, as I say, that partly that's, that's the rating. I mean, the, 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 you have your principal cast, and like you've got maybe a, a brief outline of what their character, who their character is and what they do. You've got, you've got the captain, you have the bus officer, you have Councillor Troy, etc., etc. But who's, who's, who's this guy? Who's that guy? You know? uh, it's difficult because they, they, once the series gets going, the writers can, can tailor things to an actor's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I believe initially for Next Generation, uh, Captain Picard would have stayed in the ship for the most part and left landing party duties to Commander Riker. Mm. But as the series progressed, you, ha you have Patrick Stewart, this, this fine Shakespearean trained actor, this is that, that marvellous voice of his. He says, OK, we'll, we'll give the captain more to do. That's the only thing. Um, there's, there's a, again, going back to the, the days of the Star Trek conventions I went to, there's a, a story... Well, when the I think it was the second season of Next Generation when it was in the middle of the uh, late 1980s Hollywood writer strike, um, Star Trek wasn't really much affected by this because they had a, a, a sufficient backlog of, of of scripts. They they did recycle one script from the proposed Star Trek Phase Two series from the late 1970s. The child, and the story goes that kind of Jonathan Frakes read the script and he, he, he kind of had issues with it. He kind of since kind of went up to the desk and said, "Yeah, this, this this was written for the old guys, wasn't it?" Meaning Kirk and Spock. And I said, "Well, yes." I said, "How can you tell?" Well, there's nothing for me to do. You know, which is which is true because at that point in time when these scripts were written, there was there was not really a, a concept of the, the first officer being a, a separate character. Spock was science officer and first officer. See what I mean? 
So it's the writing. You know, the, 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 we, can, uh, we see what works, what doesn't work. Task members, kind of like, they, 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 choose, they choose to leave. They say, okay, my, I don't feel my tax are progressing. I would like to leave the show. Or in some cases, they are fired. It's difficult. As I said, the very, very start, they are making this up as they go along. I mean, for, for as long as there has been staff out, the fans have been arguing about what is canon and what is canon. Anything, anything you see on screen, as far as I'm concerned, that, that's canon. Um, the arrangement has always been the stuff you see on the screen, that's official. Books, comics, uh, video games, role-playing games, etc., etc. They can do whatever they like within reason, but if at a, in a, in a future date, the TV series contra- contradicts that, then the TV series is right. That's, that's still the only thing that, that the way things have been. Mm. Is there anything of the character Miles O'Brien you would like to see change? No, honestly, he's, he's fine as he is. I would like to see. I would. I would like to see Colin in the tongue to the scene at some point. Perhaps mm-hmm. lending his voice to the the the, the, the character to O'Brien in an episode of Lord X, or uh, I don't know. Honestly, who does the, who, who knows what the future will bring? Yeah, who know. knows? Yeah. I am out of questions, so have you, is there anything you'd like to add? Now you're asking me questions. Um, <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, if you, you, know, you know where I am, you know, where, you know how to contact me if you're <laughs> a, a guest for a, a future podcast on another topic regarding Star Trek. I'll be happy to help. Maybe there is one more question. What is your favorite episode with Miles O'Brien? Oh dear, dear. Um, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, oh, no. What, what, what was it? Um, the one where he, where he, 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 he accidentally got, gets sent what? The, the, the 20, twenty minutes in the future, or something, or something like that. Actually, can a temporal echo or some other such piece of techno babble, um, or, or, or his, his his future self has travels back in time a certain amount of a day or such. I can't mm. remember the title the title of the episode, but it's right at the very very end of the episode. They're in, they're in quarks, and quarks can I talk to him? Simple. I'm always like, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. And, Ryan kind of goes to leave. He says, oh, oh, by the way, Clark, was a Clark dabble, just as dabble wheel kind of pays it a winner. So, that, yeah, that's that. It's that. just all little comedy bits. The Clarks, you know. But, but, as I say, Brian's just one of the guys. Yeah, I think he always will be. And like I said before, he is not someone of engineer who would um, have that techno bubble like. Uh, LaForge would have. Yes, uh-huh. uh-huh. 
he he would try and, for want of a better expression, try and dumb it down to make it understandable. Yeah. To a non-engineer. And I think that I is. Mean, my, my, my own job, I, I explained it. It's, it's it's not my own my own job is not complicated, but there there's a lot of technical aspects to it. So I, I explain it to people as broadly and simply as I can. And even then, I kind of leave bits out because I'm not I'm not really supposed to talk about that. I know that sounds rather mysterious, but that's this 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 day and age of, of secrecy and non-disclosure agreements sort of thing. It's got to play it safe. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, Miles O'Brien is always, I think, he was always one of my, uh, let us say, uh, favorite characters, but he was, like mm-hmm. like I said, underrated. And um, he did mm-hmm. a lot more back uh, in the scenes than that he would go and say, okay, I'm the leader and we need to do this and that. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people nowadays can identify him with himself because he's just a common man. Mm-hmm. And I think, exactly, yes. I think that is why people also like him and can understand yeah. him. He's, but, he's, just, he's just an ordinary guy who happens to be the chief engineer or chief of operations on this old Cardassian mining station that's been turned into a starbase. Loves his wife, loves his children. His, his, his best friend is the, the, the station's medical officer. He just, as I say, he just wants to get on with his job, go home to his family, relax. Maybe have a maybe have a, a, a beer in Quarks and play a game of darts with his friend. Well, one thing I always like about it, though, when he went with uh, Bashir darting, and mm. um, Bashir could never win from Miles. And that was very, in one my eyes, a little bit strange because uh, Bashir was the one who was uh, genetic manipulated. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well again, that, that's the writing. I mean, that was just something that was suggested. And the writer's well, maybe a little wrinkle for Bashir. And this, this is midway through the series. I don't believe that was a part of the, the original character outline for for Dr. Mm. Bashir. Um, but, yeah, but, but on the other hand, um, I suppose you could justify it by saying, okay, J- Julian is this genetically modified super genius and he's, he's hiding it because of the enormous amount of prejudice against, you know, the, 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 the sort of as I say, the genetic modification in humans in the Federation. Uh, it's, as you say, it's, it's, it's illegal. Mm. But they kind of, you know, as I say, they kind of justify it and sort of sweep it under the carpet because, you know, he's, 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 he's held, they're in the middle of a war and they can't really do anything about it. And you know, his father takes the blame. So they kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll let it slide. But it's 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 inconsistent. Mm. You know, as I said, it's, it's, it, they make it up as they go along. Well, Ronnie, um, thank you very much for this lovely conversation. 
You're very welcome. It I'm was. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to help. It was nice to hear your opinion about Miles O'Brien. And oh. uh, I hope to talk to you soon. And you. Well, we hope to speak to you in the future. Dear listeners, thank you for listening and join me next time for a new extra episode in the Star Trek series of Horrenda Talks. You can listen and subscribe to Horrenda Talks on the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. If you'd like to comment or talk with me about this episode, you can reach out on the Facebook group and the YouTube channel. I also like to tell you about my two other podcasts called Girls Talking Track and Orenta's Book Club, Smooth Jazz, Tea and Books. Girls Talking Track. Together with my lovely co-host, Amanda Hopper, we recap every two weeks an episode of Star Trek TNG. All the episodes will be recapping chronically following. We will approach each episode with humor and a feminine look. Girls Talking Track is also to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast or on all the other podcast providers. We also have a Facebook group and a YouTube channel. Every 10th episode will be a live streaming so you can talk live with us about the episode. Orenda Talks Books Club, Smooth Jazz, Tea and Books is a podcast that will discuss books of all genres. You can discuss with me on the YouTube channel and the Facebook group. There will be books reading events with live discussions. Of course you can also give me a recommendation what I can read. My perfect picture while reading a book is in the front of a fireplace, loads of tea and smooches in the background. So join me, read with me and discuss with me the books we are reading. I will see you next time.